it's kind of a shadow of Jesus because Jesus is the perfect lamb of God. He is the unblemished lamb. And when our lives are in a sense marked by his blood, we know that rather than facing death, that what's promised to us is life. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. Our guest today has suffered devastating losses that no parent should ever have to face. And yet, even through the heartbreak and the tragedy, she holds on to hope. Why? Because of the comfort she continually receives from a God who doesn't stand far off, but who has always been determined to come close, to be with his children, to dwell with them. Nancy Guthrie is the author of numerous books, including her first, Holding On To Hope, A Pathway of Suffering to the Heart of God, and she's the host of Help Me, I Teach the Bible podcast at the Gospel Coalition. She speaks regularly at conferences internationally and nationally, and she and her husband David founded weekend respite retreats for couples who face the death of a child. Nancy teaches the Bible internationally and nationally, Her passion is applying God's word to real life. She wants people to know what she didn't growing up, that the Bible wasn't a collection of unrelated stories, but one great story, that the stories in the Bible were threaded together and all of them leading to Jesus, because the Bible is all about who he is and what he will accomplish for each of us. I wrote about this in the introduction to the Jesus Storybook Bible. Perhaps it's something we keep needing to remember. Now, some people think the Bible is a book of rules telling you what you should and shouldn't do. The Bible certainly does have some rules in it. They show you how life works best. But the Bible isn't mainly about you and what you should be doing. It's about God and what he's done. Now, other people think the Bible is a book of heroes showing you people you should copy. Well, the Bible does have some heroes in it, but as you'll soon find out, most of the people in the Bible aren't heroes at all. They make some big mistakes, sometimes on purpose. They get afraid and run away, and at times they're just downright mean. No, the Bible isn't a book of rules or a book of heroes. The Bible is most of all a story. It's an adventure story about a young hero who comes from a far country to win back his lost treasure. It's a love story about a brave prince who leaves his palace, his throne, everything to rescue the one he loves. It's like the most wonderful of fairy tales that has come true in real life. You see, the best thing about this story is, it's true. There are lots of stories in the Bible, but all the stories are telling one big story, the story of how God loves his children and comes to rescue them. It takes the whole Bible to tell this story. And at the center of the story, there is a baby 
Every story in the Bible whispers his name. He's like the missing piece in a puzzle, the piece that makes all the other pieces fit together and suddenly you can see a beautiful picture. Every Story Whispers His Name is the subtitle of the Jesus Storybook Bible. It could just as well be the subtitle to Nancy's own story. Her life is a powerful testimony of hope in the face of unspeakable loss. I know you'll be as moved as I was to hear how God met Nancy in her darkest hour, how he gave her a heart of compassion for others who were hurting too, how he showed her he was on the other side of death. So, Without further ado, please welcome my friend, and now yours, Nancy Guthrie. Hi, I'm Nancy Guthrie, and I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I teach the Bible. I write books. It's my passion to help people to see Christ in every part of the Bible, from the very beginning to the very end. So I spent a lot of time traveling around offering biblical theology workshops for women, where I introduced to women a way to approach the Bible, to um, see every bit of the Bible in context of its larger story, and to see the themes that the divine author of this book has written into his book. One thing I have found over the years, interacting with people who have done these studies, they're like me. They grew up knowing lots of stories in the Old Testament, but not knowing how they fit together and not really seeing how they point to the person and work of Jesus Christ. The way I was taught the Old Testament was oftentimes the point was to try hard or harder than I was to be like the person in the story or try real hard not to be like the person in the story if they were deemed to be maybe a a bad example for us. But no one ever really gave me a sense of the way in which the Old Testament shows us in its people and patterns and events and objects even, the way that those things are pointing to who Jesus will be and what he will accomplish when he comes. Throughout the Old Testament, In uh, we see Jesus Christ in shadow form. And, you know, if we compare that to when we see our own shadow, you know, you're walking along, the sun is shining on you, and you, you see kind of an outline of yourself, it doesn't tell you everything about who you are. It doesn't reflect everything about who you are, but you can see something of your shape in your own shadow. So, for example, when we look at the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, it's amazing how we see that they face temptation in regard to a tree. They are told by God, you can eat of every tree of the garden except for one. There is this one tree that if you eat of it, you shall surely die. But of course, we know the story, what happens. Adam disobeys God in regard to this tree. And so because of that, he faces the reality that he's going to die. And in fact, everyone who comes from Adam, which is everyone, in fact, faces death. But in this shadow of Adam facing this temptation regarding a tree, we actually see a shadow of Jesus. 
Paul calls Jesus in the New Testament, he calls him the second Adam or the last Adam. Why does he do that? Well, in part, it's because Jesus faces temptation about a tree. Now, this tree is different. This is the tree of Calvary. For Jesus to obey God in regard to this tree means he will submit to being crucified on this tree. And here's the amazing thing, the way he's very different than the way we see him in in Adam, and that is Jesus obeys. If Jesus obeys God about this tree, he will die, and certainly that's what he did. But the amazing thing is the impact of his obedience to God in regard to the tree. Whereas because of Adam's disobedience in regard to the tree, death came to humanity because of Jesus' obedience in regard to the tree. Life comes to all who take hold of Jesus by faith. I think there's a number of ways we see Jesus in the Old Testament in a way that gives me a sense of hope and peace. Perhaps it is that Noah one that is most significant. You know, it's a very difficult thing to release your children to God in death. That's probably an understatement, isn't it? So my husband, David, and I, we have a son who is 32. We also had a daughter named Hope and a son named Gabriel, who were each born with a rare metabolic disorder called Zellweger syndrome. And that meant that their lives were very short and honestly very difficult. I can remember on those nights when we faced that difficult reality of releasing Hope and Gabe to Christ. It's really good to know that as we let go of those we love in this life, that we know that actually they're safe, that they're protected, that when those we love leave this life, and they enter into the presence of God, we're not releasing them into an unknowing, uncaring nothingness. But actually, this one who opens the door to death, he is on the other side, and he's there to take them to himself. And so even as I think about this ark, I think of Hope and Gabriel being hidden in the safety of the ark, (laughs) They are there, they are being protected, they are being cared for. And that day when it comes that we enter into the new creation, they will be there with me. And so I'm separated from them now. And that's oftentimes very painful. But I know that they're being protected, they're being held, and that my future is defined by Not only the safety of being in Christ now, but the joy of the new creation that I will share with them. This is a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible called The Singer. Wherever Jesus went, lots of people went to. They loved being near him. Old people young people, 
All kinds of people came to see Jesus. Sick people, well people, happy people, sad people, and worried people, lots of them, worrying about lots of things. What if we don't have enough food or clothes? Or suppose we run out of money. What if there isn't enough and everything goes wrong and we won't be all right? What then? When Jesus saw all the people, his heart was filled with love for them. They were like a little flock of sheep that didn't have a shepherd to take care of them. So Jesus sat them all down and he talked to them. The people sat quietly on the grassy mountainside and listened. From where they sat, they could see the blue lake glittering below them and little fishing boats coming in from a night's catch. The spring air was fresh and clear. If we think about the story of the Bible, the whole of the story of the Bible has always been about God's determination to dwell with his people. Why is this so important to God? That he intends to dwell with his people. But, you know, began there in the garden. He was dwelling with his people. And then in Exodus 29, he makes this statement. He says, I am going to dwell with my people and be their God. Well, that's amazing. And as we read the whole story of the Old Testament, we see God continuing to work out his plan to dwell and be with his people. So when we get to the New Testament and we read in John chapter 1, verse 14, it says that the word has become flesh and dwelt among us. We see God continuing to work out his plan to dwell with his people. And then when we get to the end of the story of the Bible, In Revelation 21, it's this picture of the end toward which the whole of the Bible story has been pointed. And we hear this loud voice from the throne as John is given a a vision of seeing into the new creation. And here's what the voice says. It says, now the dwelling place of God is with man and he will be their God and they will be his people, and there will be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. He's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes. And we get to see what it's going to mean when this thing that God has intended from the very beginning of the Bible story and all the way through the Bible story becomes the reality. It's going to mean an eradication of all of the things that have brought us so much pain in this life. But it's not going to be an impersonal end to the suffering of this life, but a very personal end to it. He's he's going to reach out with his hand and wipe away the tears from our eyes. This is significant. And the way this impacts me personally is that it sets my heart toward this day because I can so very easily be focused on what's happening around me right here, right now. But instead, this aspect of the story of the Bible sets my heart toward the way God intends to bring this story to a culmination or a resolution, and that is God dwelling with his people, me getting to dwell with God face to face, finally free of sin and sorrow to dwell with him forever and That's an incredible story to find ourselves in. 
You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.